You are Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we return here with another episode of Locked On Ravens. I am your host, Kevin Ostriker of Ravens Wire, here back with another episode on Thursday. And the Ravens getting off to their second phase, the second week of their voluntary OTAs yesterday. So there was a lot to digest and thus a lot to talk about here today. And we'll be talking about that in both the second and third segments, BaltimoreRavens.com releasing 10 more practice observations from Wednesday's OTAs, this time by Clifton Brown, who is a BaltimoreRavens.com staff writer. He was there. He made the observations, and we will look at them in the second and third segments. We'll take Clifton's first five observations, look at them in the second segment, and then after that, we'll take the last five and look at them in the third segment. So two segments right there, and then in the first segment, there was a Julio Jones update now how realistic that Julio Jones update is, how true that Julio Jones update is, will remain to be seen. Personally, I don't want to read too much into certain takes, certain rumors, certain reports, until it actually, one, comes from the team or the player themselves, or two, something just gets done. So we'll talk about what Kimberly Martin from ESPN had to say about the latest update from the Ravens' perspective on a potential Julio Jones deal, and also talk about a minor roster move that the Ravens made on Wednesday. So let's dive right into it here. But before we do that, be sure to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere there's a podcast. We're there Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. Eastern Time is when we put out our content. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Locked On Ravens and my personal account at KOSTRIKER34. For any Ravens news analysis updates, historical perspectives, free agency analysis, draft analysis, trade analysis, live game tweets, and much, much more. So with all that being said, we're going to get right into it. And let's start off with the latest on Julio Jones. And I know it's been it's been a lot talking about Julio Jones these past couple of weeks because it seemed, at least to me from the very start of this whole situation, that the Ravens were really never going to be huge players in this, and there have been the little reports of, oh, the Ravens could be in it if Julio Jones, you know, if the trade compensation is fine, or the Ravens are monitoring it, or they're maybe going to make a deal, or they're possibly going to get a deal done. It's all those reports that we've been seeing, but it never really has been the Ravens or frontrunners. I think that has been the Patriots at points, it's been the 49ers at points, it's been the Titans, I think. League expectations right now is that he's going to get traded to the Titans for a second round pick. But it's never really been, oh, the Ravens are the front runners for Julio Jones. It's always been, yeah, they could do it, but there's some stuff that has to be kind of worked out. And that's been my stance since day one. It would be nice to have Julio Jones on the Ravens, but in my opinion, there's just too much working against it for a deal to get done in Baltimore. And so the latest report from Kimberly Martin of ESPN when she appeared on Wednesday morning's Get Up show she said that she knows quote for a fact end quote that the Ravens and Rams the Los Angeles Rams are done pursuing Julio Jones so that's pretty big that's a pretty big thing to put out there again I'm not doubting Kimberly Martin I'm just saying that I'm not gonna necessarily put all my chips in on that report until I actually see the Ravens not get Julio Jones but again I do agree with what she's saying. I would not be shocked at all if the Ravens are out on this and they, they've kind of checked it out and they've done their due diligence and they're like, all right, we would like Julio Jones, but we like the receivers we have already. 
and we don't want to take on that money, and we don't want to give up that draft capital, and all this other stuff, you know, 32 years old, nagging injuries, whatever you want. It seems to me like the Ravens are going to roll with what they have. It even seems that way at their edge rusher position. And based off of what guys have said about Jalen Ferguson and what he's supposed to bring to the table this year, I think Baltimore's really confident in him and the rest of their outside linebackers, the edge rushers, to make a positive impact. So at this point, do the Ravens add anybody of significance? I'm not so sure because they really trust their guys. It's like Buck Walter, the former Baltimore Orioles manager, used to say, we like our guys. And it seems like that is remaining true in Baltimore just with the other Baltimore sports team with the Ravens. Now, I know that this will probably disappoint a lot of people. And, you know, the idea of getting Julio Jones was built up tremendously by a lot of different people. I personally tried to temper those expectations because, one, I didn't want to get people's hopes up, and two... I I just feel like with everything working against it, it was very, very unlikely that this team would have made a deal for him. And look, it's not over yet. Julio Jones could be traded to Baltimore still. I'm not, you know, putting a nail in a coffin or anything. The report from Martin, I would believe, if that is the truth that ends up coming out. But at the same time, it's not done until it's done. It's not over until it's over. So we'll see. It's kind of a wait and see thing right now. A deal could get done in the coming days, the coming weeks. But I know that Julio Jones in the Ravens offense is such a a tantalizing thought for a lot of people. And to kind of have that ripped away after all the trade rumors and finally getting so close, it seems like for a lot of people, so close to getting that true number one receiver in the first time in years. It's just a dream for people. So I understand the disappointment if there is any, but at the same time, with or without Julio Jones, I do truly believe that the Ravens will be just fine. They invested in the wide receiver position, not knowing that Julio Jones was going to be available in the first place. They signed Sammy Watkins, and they ended up drafting Rashad Bateman and Tylen Wallace, and they have the guys already on the roster in Marquise Brown, Devin Duvernay, James Prochet, Miles Boykin. Those are all people, all players, who can contribute, and there is a reason that the Ravens trust them so much. There will be bad games from all of them. There are bad games from every single player across the league in the NFL, in all sports. And just because a player has a bad game or a team has a bad game, then I feel like when the Ravens have a bad game, maybe receiver-wise there are some drops, it'll be, oh, well, the Ravens could have traded for Julio and this all could have been avoided. No, I, I don't I don't think that's it. I think the Ravens are not making this move if they don't make it because of the present and mostly because of the future. Again, there is no doubt in my mind that Julio Jones would be the best receiver on Baltimore's roster, but at the end of the day, if there is too much working against it, which it seems like that is the case, I would put truth to Kimberly Martin's report that says that she knows for a fact that the Ravens and Los Angeles Rams are done pursuing the Atlanta Falcons wide receiver. It seems like he's going to Tennessee at this point. Honestly, I could also see the the other teams I mentioned, the Patriots and the 49ers players in there as well. It seems like they've they've been linked to him for a little bit, but I think that the Ravens will be okay. And for honestly, I know that the Ravens will be okay because they like the guys that they have on the roster. Marquise Brown has shown that he can be a great player at the NFL level. Now the Ravens can utilize him better. They brought in Bateman, Wallace, Watkins. They'll be able to move around the field. Baltimore's offense will be very versatile. And even without Jones, it will still be a good year offensively for the Ravens in 2021. Finally here, before we head into our first break, a brief roster move for the Baltimore Ravens they made on Wednesday was waving with an injury settlement defensive tackle Braxton Hoyt. Now, Hoyt spent some time on the Ravens practice squad in 2020, but ultimately was dealing with a chest injury in the Ravens and Hoyt 
agreed to a settlement, and now Hoyt will be free to sign with anyone he chooses to sign with, whoever he pleases, when he is recovered from that injury. Dante Silent Q and Xavier Kelly both reverted to injured reserve, so they are either going to stay there for the entire year, or the Ravens could also reach injury settlements with them, then they would be free to sign with anybody when they are fully recovered. So, could be some, some stash moves for the Ravens with those two players. They also could waive them because they're not truly season-ending injuries, although Xavier Kelly's torn Achilles, that is a season-ending injury. So I would assume he's staying on injured reserve with the Ravens. And honestly, for Silent Q, I think potentially him as well. So some minor roster moves there for the Baltimore Ravens. And I do think now the Ravens are going to look to add a veteran defensive tackle at some point. Their roster now stands at 87 players. And they can sign up to 90 at this point. Now, the the cut days, they go in phases. Now, I believe there are four phases, if I'm not mistaken. And that will give teams more of an opportunity to not just massively cut, like, 40 guys at once. They'll be able to kind of go through phases with it and figure it all out. But they need camp bodies right now. And even though the Ravens don't have a ton of depth behind Clayus Campbell, Brandon Williams, Derek Wolfe, you know, that doesn't mean that 85 defensive tackles are going to make the roster if the Ravens sign all these guys. If they sign three defensive tackles for camp bodies, maybe one of them makes the 53-man. I mean, if they do decide to keep six defensive linemen in Campbell, Williams, Wolf, and then Matawike, Ellis, and, and Washington, maybe that's it. But they do need to have some guys in there to be able to spell the, I'll call them the big three, the Monstars, and the other depth pieces. And I also believe that Again, as I talked about a bit earlier in the segment, do the Ravens want to add anybody else of significant value? Or do they feel confident in the players that they have? I I feel like they are confident, and they should be. Look, they have a great roster. I do think Justin Houston makes this team better, and he will probably be signed before the season begins. I'd be shocked if he wasn't, although I said the same thing about Clay Matthews, so maybe I'm wrong. I said that last year. So, I mean, the Ravens can go with what they have now. If they don't like what they see, they have the draft capital to move around and get somebody, get an edge rusher, get someone in another position if an injury occurs. The Ravens are set up pretty nicely here. We just have to see how it all plays out for this team in the early portions of the 2021 season, and then we'll get a better grasp on where the Ravens might look to add in season or even towards the end of the preseason if there are injuries. We're going to head into our first break now, but when we return, we're going to be taking a look at the first five practice observations from Clifton Brown of BaltimoreRavens.com, so stay tuned for that, and we'll be back soon. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions, and now they want to help even more. With a Credit Karma money spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. When you use your Credit Karma money debit card, you can win daily instant karma purchase reimbursements on items up to $5,000. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your instant karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Credit Karma money has already given away over $3 million in instant karma to over 50,000 Credit Karma members and counting. Open your FDIC insurance spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. Credit Karma, money progress starts here. Right now, visit Credit Karma slash win money to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com slash win money to sign up for free and start winning instant karma. That's creditkarma.com slash win money. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions in terms apply. See rules. Making services provided by MVB Bank, Inc. Member FDIC, maximum balance and transfer limits apply. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible to stock all the parts you need into a traditional chain storefront. 
winder off from pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning, and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing only the brand his warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in there. How'd you hear about us, box? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. And we return here with our second segment of this Thursday edition of Locked On Ravens. Kevin Oshrek, your host, still hanging out with you here. And now we're going to get into the 10 practice observations from OTAs from Clifton Brown of BaltimoreRavens.com, the staff writer over there. He was at the practice. He was able to take away a lot of different things, things that I think are very interesting. So here in this second segment, we will take a look at his first five observations. And let's start off with that number one. Several veterans who were not on the field for last week's open practice were in action today, including tight end Mark Andrews and wide receiver Sammy Watkins. Andrews and Watkins worked in Arizona with quarterback Lamar Jackson earlier this offseason, and both targets appeared to be in excellent condition. Watkins spent time on the sidelines getting brought up to speed by new wide receivers coach T. Martin. And it's good to see some of these veterans coming back. Obviously, these are voluntary Nobody has to be at this practice, but it just speaks to the absolute will to win for this team that these veterans are coming back and they're willing to work, ready to get better. And that's really, really important. And especially for a guy like Sammy Watkins. And again, not required to be there. No one is. But just to see him come in, get working with his new teammates, I think is going to be really important when you look down the stretch of even just the 2021 season. People, some people will look back on this time and say this was the time when Sammy Watkins got caught up to speed and now he's looking comfortable in the Ravens' offense. Obviously, he would have been okay if he didn't show up, but every single rep, every single snap, every single conversation with coaches, with teammates, it really helps. And it's the same thing with Mark Andrews, just getting back in the building and getting conditioning in the building, being together with your teammates, with your coaches. So, so important. And the whole being brought up to speed by T. Martin for Sammy Watkins. Sammy Watkins and T. Martin have known each other for a long time. Now they are in Baltimore together. And they're going to be working very hard, both of them very hard. And just from T. Martin's press conference that he had with the Baltimore media yesterday, I'm, I'm so excited for what he and the rest of this coaching staff are going to be able to do with these players, with the young guys, with the veterans, the leadership that the veterans are going to bring in to this team this year. It's all just kind of getting to the point where it's gelling. All of it's gelling at the right time for the Ravens. They have a top offense. They have a very solid defense, one of the best special teams unit as well. The coaching staff is one of the best as well. So you have all these different things just coming together at once, but now the Ravens have to execute. They have to get better, and they have to win football games. So with the veterans coming back into this it's going to be so important for them to get in this work, whether it be just one extra rep than they would have gotten if they weren't in Baltimore for these OTAs. It's still so, so important. And let's now move into the number two observation. First round wide receiver Rashad Bateman was back on the field after leaving last week's open session with muscle soreness. Bateman had a strong day of practice and appeared to be 100%. And just based off of everything that the Baltimore media had to say, the media members that were there had to say about Bateman. He apparently looked very crisp, very smooth, and like Clifton Brown said here, had a very good day of practice. And I know a lot of people are probably breathing a sigh of relief right now because after Bateman left 
practice last week with muscle soreness. It was like, oh my God, here we go again. Are the injury gods going to curse the Baltimore Ravens for another season? But there wasn't even an injury. It was just a precautionary thing that John Harbaugh, the Ravens doctors and the coaches decided and Bateman himself decided that, you know, well, let's, let's just be cautious with it. And that's the right thing. You don't want to push anything. And I, I, you know, I just said, oh my God, every single rep is important. It is important, but not at the expense of potentially risking an injury. So now Bateman back out there, 100% healthy, it seems like. And his role is going to be so many different things for this team. I think it's primarily going to be an outside role. Obviously, when the Ravens run through receiver sets and they want to have their best three on the field at this point, I believe you're putting Sammy Watkins and Rashad Bateman on the outside and probably Marquise Brown in the slot. What you can do is if Miles Boykin does make this team and you want to have the run blocking out there, you can put Miles Boykin out there as well. But Sammy Watkins can hold his own in the run game and so can Rashad Bateman. All the Ravens wide receivers are sneaky, good blockers. And just because Miles Boykin happens to be a very good blocker, an extremely good blocker, doesn't mean that the Ravens lose everything in that department when Boykin goes off of the field. So it's very good to see Rashad Bateman back as he begins to work into just the NFL level in general, being a part of an NFL franchise, going through these NFL practices, the OTAs, getting up to speed with his teammates. Again, really important. So I'm glad to see Rashad Bateman was back out there for the Ravens. Number three, it was an intense practice that included a brief flare-up between defensive tackle Justin Matabike and offensive lineman Patrick Makari. The skirmish was broken up quickly, but it's clear that players are competing at a high level even though it's early in June. And things like this happen a lot during OTAs, training camp, just with the heat, first of all, it's brutally hot out there on most days and players start to get fed up with the heat and the heat just kind of gets to them. But also, as Clifton mentions here, Players are competing right now. They know that each good rep that they have can up their standing and each bad rep that they have can hurt their standing. So they're out there competing at a high level. And for Matabike, for Makari, it seemed like both players were not happy with each other. Even when John Harbaugh brought them together, according to reports, it didn't seem like either were very happy after the fact. They talked it out, but, you know, when, when stuff like that happens, it's kind of natural to not be happy with the person you just fought with. So uh, this is something I'm not worried about. I'm sure there might be a few out there who are like, oh my God, the the, the sky is falling. The chemistry is going. No, I mean, it, it's fine to not like one or two of your teammates. I'm not saying that Makari and, and Matabuke don't like each other, but, you know, not everybody's going to get along 100% of the time on a football team, right? There are going to be people who... Sometimes grind your gears. They're going to be people who do certain things that you don't like. And, you know, at that point, you have to stick up for yourself. And so those two getting into it, those training camp, practice, OTA, preseason flare-ups, they don't really mean a ton in the grand scheme of things. Most of the time, obviously, Earl Thomas and Chuck Clarks did mean a little something, more than a little something, honestly. But those things, I'm at a BK, Macari, I don't think it's anything super serious. It's not like these two have a heated rivalry with each other. So the spirited fight of this team, right, it just goes to show that guys are competing at a high level. They are wanting to get better every single day. And they are going out there and practicing like it is a game giving maximum effort. So a flare up in practice, but I don't think it's anything super serious. Number four, both Tyler Huntley and Trace McSorley threw the ball crisply, and some of Huntley's deep passes were particularly impressive. Their battle to be the backup quarterback behind Jackson should be fun to watch. And hey, we talked about this earlier in the week. We talked about if Baltimore could afford to keep three quarterbacks on their roster in 2021. I don't think it seems very likely. I think Baltimore is going to have a very tough decision to make, but 
I think Tyler Huntley is going to be the one who makes it, and the Ravens are going to probably try to trade Trace McSorley for some draft capital or just have to cut him. I don't think either one is going to make it onto Baltimore's practice squad. Another team will scoop them up for sure. Both of them are very impressive, though, and what Clifton's takeaway here was is that was true. Both of them were able to put on a show, and I think that Baltimore has, you know, this is a good situation to have right now. You want to have good depth behind Lamar Jackson, and the veteran backup option is gone. There is no more Robert Griffin III. Joe Flacco departed a couple of years ago, right? Now it's Lamar Jackson's show, and the backup quarterback is now the person who you think gives you the best chance to win on the field, not just a mentor guy and right now I think that is Huntley but the preseason will go a long way in telling just who will be the backup quarterback but I don't think Baltimore is going to keep three quarterbacks on the roster in 2021 and finally number five Jackson also had a strong throwing day although he was intercepted in the end zone by Jordan Richards during one goal line drill it was also impressive to see Jackson running all the way to the end zone on scrambles then jogging back to the huddle and running the next play without ever looking winded. Jackson's stamina is one of his least talked about strengths, but he rarely seems tired during practices or games. And that's something that I should kind of think about, right? Lamar Jackson does all this running around. He's scrambling and he, look, he did a lot of scrambling last year with the offensive line that he had. He had to make something out of nothing was going all around the football field on certain plays. So when he has one of those plays where he's just running around and running around and trying to find somebody or it's a designed run or whatever, he gets back in that huddle and he throws a dot on the next player. He is able to throw very accurately on the next play. Some people would just be too tired to do that. And, you know, they're breathing heavily and they can't really catch their breath and that affects their play. It was good to hear Jackson had a good day. No one's going to be perfect, right? The interception on the goal line drill, right? It happens, but get it out now. Get it out now and not in the actual games. I think that's the most important part. You're able to work out the kinks in the off season. So when you get to the regular season, you don't have to go through that. We're going to head into our final break now, but when we return, we'll be taking a look at Clifton Brown's last five observations from OTAs, so stay tuned for that, and we'll be right back. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all of your UFC and MMA action. Before the next patch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And we return here with our final segment of this Thursday edition of Locked On Ravens. Kevin Ostriker is still here with you. And let's dive right into the last five of Clifton Brown's 10 practice observations from Ravens Wednesday OTAs. And number six here, Devin DuVernay continues to look like a candidate to make a significant leap from year one to year two. The Ravens have plenty of wide receivers vying for larger roles, but DuVernay is running crisp routes and catching virtually everything thrown his way. And yeah, I'm excited about Devin DuVernay. I think that he is also a guy who can come in and make a huge impact in year two. And this is another reason why I don't think the Ravens are going to make a move for Julio Jones. It's they invested so much into their wide receiver position you know, they trust those guys, and Devin DuVernay showed flashes in 2020. Didn't get as many snaps as I think a lot of people would have hoped. I think part of that had to do because he was just a rookie, a young guy, and the Ravens wanted to go with some veteran options over him, but I do think 
that Duvernay has what it takes and he will be involved. I think he'll be more involved than he was in year one and for a good reason. And it's good to hear that he actually is making plays in training camp. It seems like he was one of the best guys on the field in training camp in OTAs here on Wednesday. So good to hear that from Devin Duvernay. Number seven, watching Anthony Averett get plenty of reps at cornerback was another reminder of how deep the Ravens are at that position. Averett would be a candidate to start on many teams, but these reps he's getting now should continue to help him develop. And yeah, honestly, Anthony Averett, I believe this is going to be his last year in Baltimore. He is not under contract next season. He is going to be a starter in the NFL, and it will not be with the Ravens. Now, what the Ravens could do in order to get him back, you know, my prediction right now is that he's not going to re-sign with the team just because from a money perspective. But if Jimmy Smith ends up hanging it up, or if he does not play another year after this year, then the Ravens could maybe get Anthony Averett to sign a cheaper team-friendly deal and say, hey, you know, we really like you here, and we want you to be on our team for a long time, and, you know, you've done such great things here. And then, you know, it could be a Chuck Clark situation, Patrick Ricard, Tavon Young, one of those guys, one of those team-friendly extensions. But honestly, it doesn't seem very likely. I think Averett's going to get a big deal in free agency, especially if he's able to have the year that he did last year. He played really well in his action at cornerback. So we'll see what ends up happening. But yeah, I'm not shocked that Averett looked really good at the cornerback position. Number eight, Alejandro Villanueva is a huge individual. He made center Bradley Bozeman look small standing next to him as the two men conversed on the sideline. Villanueva looks every bit of the six foot nine, 320 pounds that he is listed. Orlando Brown was also a big right tackle, but the Ravens won't be downsizing at the position if Villanueva wins the starting job. And yeah, the Ravens have one of the biggest offensive lines in the entire NFL, and I'm very glad that they invested so much at the position. I think that is huge not only for the offense, but for Lamar Jackson's development, not having him scrambling, not having him rushing. It'll be good. And also just the running attack of this team is going to be better because of the offensive line's improvement. The pass protection is going to be better. And thus the passing offense will be better because of the better offensive line that will be suiting up for the Ravens in 2021. Now, will Ronnie Stanley get back to his Health, will Ben Cleveland be able to translate his college game over to the NFL game? Can Bradley Bozeman still play center at a high level? Can Kevin Zeitler continue his high play? And is Alejandro Villanueva able to make that switch? A lot of questions, but questions that I think should easily be answered within the first couple weeks of the season. And then the Ravens can figure out where they want to go from there. But yeah, the Ravens do have quite a big offensive line. Number nine. Tylen Wallace continues to show impressive hands. He made a difficult grab look easy, plucking a slant thrown slightly behind him by McSorley without breaking stride. Wallace is making an early case to be a rookie who can earn playing time. And yeah, I mean, if Tylen Wallace continues to practice well, plays well in the preseason, the Ravens, much like J.K. Dobbins, will have to put him on the field because he is just so impressive. But with the depth that they have, where do those snaps come from? Are they Miles Boykin or James Prochet's, whoever makes the team? Are they Devin Duvernay's? So kind of a snap issue, a snap count issue early here for the Ravens, if that is the case, because for me, I think Wallace will probably be a game day inactive, at least for the first couple of weeks, unless injuries happen or unless he truly just looks like the best receiver on the team. So I'm very glad that Wallace is already showing these things because I think down the road, that's going to be so important for him. And if he's already showing it now with development, he'll be able to make an impact in a short amount of time, in no time. So Wallace is someone who I was really excited the Ravens were able to get. He should not have been available when he was available in the fourth round. And now the Ravens are reaping the rewards. 
Finally, number 10, seeing linebackers Patrick Queen wearing number 6 and LJ Fort wearing number 3 still takes some getting used to. Queen reacted quickly on several passes in coverage and almost had two interceptions. Pass coverage is something Queen hopes to improve on, and it appears his focus on that is paying dividends. And this is great news. You know, Patrick Queen struggled at times in pass coverage, and he kind of knew, I think, that he had to improve upon that in the offseason. He has sideline-to-sideline speed. He can run with anybody. But if he's able to cover, the Ravens have had trouble covering tight ends and running backs out of the backfield in the last couple of seasons. It's been a pretty big issue for them. So if they can have that guy who can do both in Patrick Queen, it will help them tremendously. So I'm excited to see what Queen can do in year two. I'm expecting a very big year out of him. Again, I think these OTAs are a great way to just get reps, get better, find more things to improve on that you can work on and get those things better for the 2021 season. So I'm excited about this team. I'm excited they're getting together right now. A lot of players are showing up for these OTAs and hopefully they will be able to make this work pay off in the long run. That's all that I have for you today, but when we get back here tomorrow, it's more Ravens talk from us, so stay tuned for that and I will see you tomorrow.